everyone, welcome to the Raising Dakota podcast with me, your host, Courtney. And if you're a special needs parent, you're in the right place. So I hope you can sit back, relax, feel inspired, and always, always remember you're so much stronger than you could ever imagine. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Raising Dakota podcast and thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, I definitely recommend it, and if you have, I hope that you enjoyed it. Like I shared last week, I'm going to start by going into our NICU journey, but I felt it was only fitting to kind of start that journey by sharing Dakota's birth story because they really go hand in hand, and I actually learned one of my biggest life lessons from Dakota's birth that I actually didn't realize until almost a year later. Like I shared in last week's episode, the Thursday before Dakota was actually born, we ended up in the hospital because Dakota wasn't doing all the things he was supposed to do. And that Saturday is when we actually ended up in the hospital and found out I was in early stages of labor. When we were there, I was four centimeters dilated and I had made no progress at all in the six hours that we were actually in the hospital. So they went ahead and sent me home and told me, there's a good chance that I would be having Dakota this weekend and to go home, get some stuff packed, get ready and walk around a little bit because I just wasn't making any progress sitting in a hospital bed, but they also didn't want to give me anything to progress me along um, and pretty much just wanted me to stay relatively close to the hospital because they figured he was coming. They also did not stop labor. I was 34 weeks and six days, but they said he probably would be born before 37 weeks and they would want me to deliver around 37 weeks anyways. So with that, they're like, we're not going to stop it. Um, Just go home, relax, walk around a little bit. I ended back up in the hospital at midnight that night. When we came back, I was six centimeters dilated. So they got us pretty much already put us in a room and told me you're in active labor now. So let's pretty much go and have this baby and when they came back in to check me the last time they're like we're gonna have to give you something to pick these contractions up because there's no way you're having a baby with this mild of contractions I mean the whole time I had mild contractions and I said okay I'm like but I feel a little bit of pressure and she's like okay well let me go ahead and check you and see where we're at So she checked me and then instantly was like, no, we're having this baby now. You're 10 centimeters dilated and he is ready to go. So of course the whole team comes in. We are getting ready for Dakota's delivery. And at the time there was another high risk pregnancy happening. So there were two groups of doctors who were pretty much circling between the two rooms. Honestly, it reminds me of like musical chairs, just waiting for which room they were going to be stopping in and that's their baby they were going to take care of the delivery room that I was in was huge like so big and they had this extra room off to the side which is where once Dakota was born that they would take him and assess him so I could still see but it was almost like this these two doors that slid open like almost like a closet but it was another huge room for Dakota and all the tools that they needed to assess him So once everything was set up and we were ready to go, I started pushing. They had the monitor on his heart. Everything was going really good until his heart rate started dropping very quickly. And the doctor looked at me and I was kind of in between contractions. So I was in between pushing. So the doctor looked at the nurse and said, do you have the monitor on him? 
And he said, yeah, but his heart rate is definitely dropping and looked at me and I didn't even give her a second to say anything. I looked at her and said, let's go, like, let's go now. And she's like, can you push? And I'm like, yes. And pushed two pushes later, Dakota was born. Thankfully he was only four pounds, three ounces, but I did have to push without contractions because I could tell he was struggling and I was not about to give up. We'd come this far and, um, he was right there. He was ready. So from that moment on, I knew Dakota was going to be a fighter. I knew that he got his strength from his mama, but it was kind of a scary few minutes watching them take him to the other room and assess him and watching the nurse do chest compressions saying, come on, buddy, you can do it. I mean, the whole room was silent. We're in this huge room with 20 to 30 people and everybody's just silent. And the doctor looked at me and she's like, you did a good job. It's going fine. Like trying to reassure me, but you can tell she had no clue what was going on because nobody knew, nobody knew how he was doing. So it was definitely very, very scary and very traumatizing, but I still remember every series of events to this day. I feel like every mom is that way. You will remember it for the rest of your life. Um, It's just an experience that you can't ever forget. I mean, you brought life into this world. But so they took Dakota to the NICU to assess him, and then three hours later, he went to Children's Hospital where he had more assessments. So he was born at 1130 in the middle of the day. He then went into surgery at 1130 at night for his four-hour intestinal repair surgery. So now the reason I wanted to share all of that with you was because I learned one of my biggest life lessons from Dakota's birth. And I have realized Dakota was put on this earth to teach me more than I could ever teach him. But I didn't realize it at the time how much his birth has helped me as a parent, as a caregiver for a special needs child. But from what I've told you, you can tell Dakota's birth was traumatic. It was quick and he needed emergency surgery. So he was an emergency case. And I didn't realize the impact that would have until actually almost a whole entire year later. So I am going to kind of jump here and I'm going to skip to when we found out Dakota would need feeding tubes because this was the moment I realized how much Dakota's birth story actually taught me. So yes, I'm skipping NICU, but I'm going to go back to it. So bear with me. When we found out Dakota needed feeding tubes, it was because he wasn't gaining weight. He was projectile vomiting four to five times a day. And we decided in a clinic visit that this was the route we needed to go. We had tried so many different things and nothing was working. So I sat in the office with his GI doctor. We came up with a plan. We would have a inpatient stay where we would trial different tubes to figure out exactly what needed to happen based on the anatomy of Dakota's intestines and stomach and what would work best for him. So once we were inpatient, then we would do the trial test different tubes and then have surgery to have his feeding tubes placed. So that day had came. We were inpatient. We trialed the different tubes. We decided two separate G-tubes were the way to go. He needed a separate G-tube and a separate J-tube. And then finally it was time we planned for a surgery. That day had arrived and Dakota was supposed to go down to the OR at seven o'clock in the morning. What's nice when you are inpatient is that 
they do all of the pre-op stuff in the room and then just take you down and it is a lot quicker than if you are outpatient coming for a surgery. So to get ready for surgery, we had Dakota all packed up, ready to go, and pretty much waiting. He was just watching TV and hanging out. He was supposed to go down to the OR around 7 o'clock. A little bit after 7, his nurse just kind of popped her head in and said, hey, the OR is running a little bit behind, so it might be a little bit before we go down, which is not uncommon. And when you're impatient, the OR will just call you and be like, okay, we're ready. Bring them down because it is such a quicker process. So probably around like 7.30, we still hadn't heard anything. And so I went ahead and just paged the nurse and said, hey, 7.30, just seeing what's going on. And she's like, I haven't heard from the OR. I'll let you know when I hear from them, which was fine. And then at about 7.45, still hadn't heard anything. She just popped her head back in and told me the OR was running behind. But this time I could tell that there was something else going on. And I could tell just based on her body language. I mean, we had worked with her for a couple days now because when you're inpatient, you tend to get the same nurses. So I had a good feel for her personality and just kind of her demeanor. But I could tell she was a little bit reserved and made me wonder if she had worked with maybe parents who had been frustrated or almost like she was walking on eggshells. So I kind of just shrugged it off and then... At about 8, she came back in, and I just looked at her and said, Hey, I don't know what's going on. I know we were supposed to go down at 7. You told me the OR was running behind. I just want to make sure everything's still good. And I want to say that I understand things happen. So if something came up, like just let me know. And if we need to reschedule to go to surgery or if it has been pushed to a different time, can you just let me know that because of the fact that I would just like to unpack Dakota a little bit and let him just hang out in his room for a little bit versus having him. We had him in his stroller just ready to go to the OR. And so she said, well, I just found out it is going to be a little bit longer. And there was an emergency case that happened that your surgeon needed to deal with. So they are pushing Dakota's surgery, but I don't know when it was going to be rescheduled for. They just told me they would call me back. So she was kind of assuming that it was just going to be a little bit pushed back. But once things started happening and we were realizing it was kind of getting pushed later, she was also a little bit nervous that I would be frustrated with the situation. And I just looked at her and I said, I completely understand. Dakota is a prime example of things happen. If Dakota would have been born at 1130 at night, his surgery would have been 1130 in the middle of the day, which then means non-urgent surgeries would have been pushed so that the surgeon could do Dakota surgery and save his life. And so I told her, I understand, and I will be saying prayers for this child who is in surgery now because I don't know their scenario, but I know what it's like to be a mom with a child in an emergency case situation. And I understand that that doctor had to make a call to provide surgery to this child who could not wait. Dakota's surgery for his feeding tubes wasn't urgent. He had been a year without feeding tubes, so what was a few more hours? And unfortunately, because of the fact that he projectile vomited so much, he was not even aware that he was hungry. He didn't know the feeling of being hungry. So it was having no impact on his life in that moment, and I knew we were still going to have the surgery. 
they ended up pushing it to one o'clock that afternoon. But because of the fact that Dakota's birth story happened to us and we experienced that, it taught me compassion and empathy for other families in our situation because it is very easy to get wrapped up in emotions when something was supposed to happen at a certain time and it doesn't or you're at a doctor's office and they're running late. So I try to use Dakota's birth as a learning lesson for me because like I said, if his surgery would have been in the middle of the day, he would have been the reason that other surgeries were pushed. And just from being in the hospital so much, I understand that the doctors we're seeing aren't just taking care of Dakota. They're also taking care of inpatients. They're doing surgeries. They're also taking care of clinic patients. So things are happening all around us that are completely and totally out of our control. And sometimes you need to have that compassion and understanding that there are bigger things going on that need to be dealt with immediately. And that's part of the reason when it comes to doctor's visits, I don't schedule neuro on the same day as any other appointment because his neurosurgeon is a surgeon and also sees inpatient, inpatient NICU children, PICU, cardiac ICU, and all of the other inpatient floors, which is like seven or eight floors. So he sees a lot of people and sometimes his clinic does run a little behind because something major has happened. And I just think it's a very valuable life lesson. It helped me have patience during our NICU stay because during our NICU stay, while we were there, there were experiences when I would want to speak to a doctor or a surgeon or a nurse or a resident or a fellow, and they would be taking care of another critical situation. So my situation needed to wait. And that can be hard to deal with as a parent because in your mind, your child is the primary concern. That is your full focus. But unfortunately for the doctors and residents and fellows, they're taking care of so many other patients. So during our NICU stay, I had, even though I didn't realize it at the time, I had moments where I had to learn patience and understanding for other families who were going through the same situation that we were because it wasn't easy being in the NICU. It wasn't easy being in hospital stays and doctor's visits and stuff being delayed and pushed back. But I'm thankful that I had that life lesson of Dakota's emergency surgery to prepare me for what was to come. So I feel like that's a good stopping point for today. And I feel like this segues really well into our NICU stay. When I originally planned this episode, I actually didn't intend to go that in depth into Dakota's birth story and that full experience because it was really traumatic for me and it was very stressful and I had a lot of emotions that I had to deal with personally. But when I was planning future episodes and experiences that I wanted to share with you guys, I realized most, if not all of those experiences actually circled back to that lesson of patience, empathy, and compassion that I learned from day one of Dakota's birth. I didn't always realize it in the moment, but looking back and reviewing those situations, I've realized how much that taught me. While I'm thankful for these lessons that I've learned, I also understand that we live a very unique life. Not everyone will have some of the experiences or even have any of the experiences that we've had with Dakota 
living in and out of the hospital since day one of his life. And so I felt sharing this perspective could be very helpful for other individuals and other families and parents who might encounter certain situations that would be similar, like at a doctor's office or a procedure that's running behind and it is easy to get impatient and frustrated with the situation because I've been there. It's easy to get frustrated when you don't know what's going on and you don't have control of it. But if you can think about a different perspective and maybe think about what else might be going on, I think it can help remove some of the stress and frustration in the situation so that you can communicate and advocate so much better for your child. And I think that is the real value of this lesson is I feel it just has made me a better parent for Dakota and it has helped me advocate and communicate so much better for him. With all of that being said, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this week's episode. I look forward to sharing more of our experiences and our NICU journey with you guys next week. Thank you all so much for the support and I look forward to chatting with you next time on the Raising Dakota podcast.